0: This is the Friday, July 28th, 2023 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. It was a volatile week in the commodity markets as a heat dome covered the U.S. and Russia increased its attacks on port cities along the Black Sea. For the week, the nearby wheat contract moved 7 cents higher, while September corn fell 6 cents. After being up midweek, the soybean complex had a bearish key reversal. The September soybean contract ended up 4 cents higher, and September meal added $7.30 per ton. December cotton dropped 22 cents per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, the September Class Three milk futures gained 2 cents. The livestock market was mixed. October cattle cut $2.30, September feeders lost $0.30, and the October lean hog contract put on $0.78. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index rose 58 ticks. September crude oil gained $3.28 per barrel. Comex Gold lost $6.20 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index climbed nearly 18 points to settle at 588.90. And joining us now is market analyst Matthew Bennett. Hi, Matthew. Uh, How are you doing? (laughs) Doing well. Good to have you on the show. So there was some economic news this week. The Fed raising interest, the key interest rate, which was... Pretty expected yeah. for them to do. It's going to cost farmers a lot more. Farmers who borrow money to put a crop in sure. and, and to harvest. Yeah. Um, how bad is that for them?
1: Well, you know, a lot of the folks that have money borrowed on land is at very cheap rates uh, that was locked in the last couple, three years. You know, maybe three and four percent. But the problem is that we spend so much to put a crop out these days. It's very well documented that the you know 2023 crop was uh, for a lot of folks the most expensive crop they ever put in the ground. So you're talking. You know, anywhere from uh, $1,000, maybe $1,100 per acre. And so uh, this next year folks going for operating notes are going to be borrowing probably at 8 and 9% I would imagine. And uh, the unfortunate reality is a couple of years ago they were borrowing at 45 So, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be an additional expense they're going to have to be very mindful of. And uh, uh, moving forward it's just something that they're going to have to learn to deal with.
0: Yeah, that little bit is a lot um, for farmers. So the other big story, of course, that we've been watching unfold for a while is just what's happening um, in the Black Sea. There were more attacks on Odessa, which is a key port city. So is that what's been impacting the wheat market the most?
1: Yeah, I think it's been a huge impact on both the wheat market and the corn market more so than the soybean market. So uh, of course there's a lot of wheat coming out of that uh, part of the world. We know the wheat is there, okay, but the problem is it definitely disrupts the flow of that wheat to other parts of the world. And so we started out the week like a house of fire, Uh, corn was strong, wheat was strong. Uh, But as the week went on a lot of this just kind of subsided and it seemed like the trade was less concerned with it as the week went on. I think everyone knows that supplies there. It will find a home at some point. It's just a matter of it being disrupted for the time being.
0: Is wheat overpriced, and do prices need to come down in order for our exports to go up?
1: It sure appears that way. We're not competitive uh, with Russian wheat now. Who wants to deal with Russia right now? That's a big question, you know. I mean, uh, you know, there, not everyone just wants to rush into that situation. Uh, there's a lot of dynamics at play here, but by all means, wheat, we we are expensive uh, for the time being. I, I've got to think wheat probably the path least resistance is lower. Now, with that being said, if we come in on Sunday night and there's bombs flying. Again, Again, it's pretty tough to outguess what's going to happen in that situation. The trade gets, understandably, a little bit nervous when that occurs. But for right now, I I certainly would uh, feel that way, that we're a little bit overpriced.
0: Okay, so corn, that drought monitor that we saw earlier in the mm-hmm. show, um, it's, it's bad in a lot of the corn growing states yep. and there, it hasn't let up, the weather hasn't let up this right. past week. So is that the thing most impacting corn right now?
1: You know, the thing is, uh, again, at the start of the week, like so for instance on Monday, December corn traded 32 cents higher, November beans traded 22 cents higher. So I've got to think it wasn't drought, you know, because the corn is farther along in the production cycle than what soybeans are. Uh, A lot of the corn in the I states pollinated in pretty decent fashion. Uh, You know, I know it's not just about the ice states. I just know a lot of the producers that we've talked to said pollination actually went okay. We had a pretty big weather pattern shift at the start of July with a lot of rain. You know, we went into that dry. The thing is, is that a lot of times when you get that weather change around the 4th of July, it stays uh, wet or dry, whatever the change is. And this year's been very strange in that we were super dry, got wet, got dry again. You know, and so you look at the drought monitor and you've got to ask yourself, what can corn do here, from a yield perspective, uh, whenever you're this dry across the corn belt? Uh, and so, of course, we talked to a lot of growers. I've been out in my own fields. Uh, I feel like the timing of the rain was really good. Uh, mm. The genetics are really good, and I think that you could still have some good corn. With that being said, I still think the USDA is too high as far as their yields concerned. Uh, but the bottom line is, that's not the only thing impacting uh, the corn market, which is what your question was, it's still some of this Black Sea region or you would have started out the week stronger on soybeans than what you did on corn if we were just looking at weather.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to social media for our next question about corn. So as this is, um, the gentleman is asking, are corn exports really that bad, that drought in a widespread area isn't really affecting the markets? And I personally don't believe there's as much old corn crop in farmers' hands that the government is trying to tell us.
1: Interesting question. And so, you know, whenever you looked at the quarterly stocks report in June, we had quite a bit less corn, I'll talk 150 million bushels or so than what the trade was really expecting. And so you've got to ask yourself, usage hasn't been what we all would hope it was exports have been very poor we know that compared to last year and so what was going on there is that most likely last year's crop wasn't as big as what uh, the USDA had indicated and so you know the the question is a fair question uh, but at the same time uh, you know i think that there's still some corn out there you're seeing some originators that have chased corn around a little bit. They're talking ethanol margins have been fairly good. We've seen really good ethanol grind over the last three or four weeks. And so uh, there is some corn still out there and there's still people willing to pay for it. But we are running out of time. Uh, you're gonna, you've already got harvest in parts of the country, you know, down in mm-hmm. Texas. It's going to creep to the north uh, in earnest. It's not going to really start for probably another three to four weeks. We know that. But it's here. It's getting very close. And so we're running out of time.
0: Okay. With soybeans, we've seen some up and down this week. Is it mostly because of Ukraine? Because we still have August, right, for soy to kind of do some of its key development or... Some development, right? right?
1: You know, I think there's some following going on. You know, whenever corn's up 32 cents, like I said, to start the week and beans are up 22 cents, I've got to think that uh, beans are just kind of following along with corn. You know, uh, whenever it gets right down to it, we know it's been hot, super hot. These nights have been uh, brutal, okay? And, And so obviously that kind of played into corn, but as far as soybeans go, you can stress the heck out of a soybean crop. And if you get rain at the right time, and I'm talking, August. We know beans are an August crop. And so, you know, if you do get a good weather pattern in August, I still think that you could have, you know, a 51 52 national crop as far as beans are concerned. I go back to 2012, and in 2012, I mean, we were just super dry. Everyone was super dry. And my bean crop looked dead. It just looked dead on arrival. We had the hurricane come up the Gulf, uh, you know, the second week of August. And all of a sudden we had 49, 50 bushel beans. And I mean, we didn't have very many pods. We had gigantic beans because that bean plant is able to adapt. And these genetics are even better now than what they were then. So I personally think that this bean crop is not toast by any means. We've still got some time.
0: Have to see what happens next week and the week after that. Yeah, which could change. Okay, so how much is Brazil's competition in the soybean market affecting prices here?
1: Yeah, I mean it's definitely affecting things. So obviously, you look at our export book; hasn't been quite what we wanted. We saw good sales this week, though—surprise sales in the mornings. It's been nice to see next year's export or next week's exports uh, are going to be good on Thursday. But looking at new crop, the problem is right there. I mean, we're running drastically behind where we are usually at this time of year. Okay, and so why would that be? Well, a couple of reasons, in my opinion. I think China sees that world soybean supplies are very, very strong. I mean. It looks like we're going to pick up around 20% year on year from uh, world world supplies from this marketing year to next marketing year. A lot of that is due to this big Brazilian crop and I think the Chinese are taking a look at that saying what's the rush on chasing these soybeans in the midst of a U.S. drought situation, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that they're going to step in and buy beans. How much are they gonna buy off us of is a big question, but Brazil has a large supply available, ready, and I do think that uh, you know, uh, we just have to get more competitive. We've been fairly competitive, but not competitive enough as far as the new crop book goes.
0: Okay, so with cattle, we were mixed this week. Um, is it still a bull market?
1: Overall, okay. I here's the thing I think we're just kind of taking a little bit of a breather. I mean, it was a very boring, blase market. Uh, we've run up to some new highs, uh, but you know, whenever I see late in the week the corn market fall off, if you continue to see the corn market fall off, I think the feeders are going to stay very strong. Uh, the thing about this cattle market is that placements have been adequate to say the least, okay. Uh, why are placements good when the, you know, the cattle herd is so small? It's, it's a well documented thing, and it's A lot of these folks are selling heifers instead of retaining them, even as their pastures are getting healthy, if you will. In the West we've seen a lot of rainfall that we didn't get a year ago. But if I'm a rancher and I'm able to turn a heifer into $1,500, $2,000 cash, these folks are getting right. They're getting their balance sheets in good shape. And I do believe at some point when they start retaining these heifers, that's when your cattle on feed numbers are going to plummet and that could be the next leg higher. But for the time being, I'm an overall cattle bull. It's just, I don't really think we're going to race higher right now. I'm looking Q4 to next year Q1.
0: Okay. What about, we have about 45 seconds, what about hogs? Is there anything that could disrupt the market?
1: Oh, of course. You know, we saw decent exports this week. I mean, the, the hogs, the protein has been good, okay. Hogs have kind of followed along with cattle. I didn't think we'd get front months back to $100, uh, but we did, you know. And so hogs are definitely hard to figure out. But for the most part, demand's strong. I think that you're going to continue to see decent hog prices. I'm not a bull here, but I certainly don't think that we're going to fall out of bed either.
0: Okay, we covered a lot of ground, sounds good. And we'll cover some more in Market Plus, some things that we didn't get to. Matthew, thank you, as always. All right, well, we are going to pause this analysis and continue our discussion about these markets in Market Plus, as I said. And you can find both Analysis and Plus on our website of markettomarket.org. These resources are free. The weather has been brutal with temperatures and precipitation extremes, so send us your pictures via our Instagram account. You can join our feed and keep an eye on what's happening in fields two states away. Follow us at Market to Market Show. Next week, we will look at regional land values. Thanks so much for watching and have a great week.